This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say, what's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half-time, but I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The Wednesday Week, the Sheffield Wednesday Fan Podcast. Okay, so we're recording. Uh, my name is Dan Fudge. Welcome to the Wednesday week once again. Uh, we've got a bit of a treat for you uh, coming up later on. We've got Ryan Hills, who wrote a book about Derby, but I promise it's not too rammed esoteric, which, which you know, is, is words I've picked up. Uh, joining me tonight, I've got Steve, Ben and Dave. Uh, we're going to make sense of Birmingham, Brentford and the boys. Uh, you know, I just, just sum it to start with B. So uh, that, that's what I've got there. Uh, so we're going to get straight into it. Ben, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, the Brummies, the Blue Brummies, uh, Gary Monk going back to his uh, old stomping ground. You know, that they speak quite highly of Gary Monk. Were they on the receiving end of uh, a Gary Monk masterclass? Yes, I'd say so. Um... Well, all right then. Thanks a lot. Let's move it up. <laughs> <laughs> I think too. Yeah, but, but first half, Completely on top of it, like Brentford were yesterday. Really, could have, could have had a lot more than than what we got at Birmingham. We should have been three or four up at half time. Adam Reach had a good effort save. Josh Windass hit, hit the post from 25, 30 yards. Um, Callum Patterson flashing header just wide as well, all in the first half. So, yeah, we were well worthy of three points at Birmingham. Well, I mean, what what are we on now? We're on minus four now, aren't we? I mean, you know, Dave, the minus 12 seem, seems like a big deficit now, especially now that we're in the back end of October. Um, I, know, I know that we started late and all the rest of it, but it just it just seems like we seem to have been a, in a negative for a long time. I mean, in terms of Birmingham, do you think that they played well and uh, we played well and they played shit? Or is it, is it you know, were, were we actually good? I think we were good. Touching on what you said there about sort of the, the minus 12, I think it's getting worse the closer we're getting to zero. It seems to be, we seem to kind of chip away the, get the, the, the score down, get the, the, the deficit down quicker earlier. And now it seems to be just like malingering there now. And you just, you just want to get to zero because then you can start kicking on. For the Birmingham game, um, I agree with Ben. I thought we played quite well. I thought it was quite a good performance. And I think we set out with a way to play. I was... I don't know if I was disappointed. I don't know enough about Birmingham, but I thought they were very negative. I thought they were playing very much like an away team. They were very 
very much 10 people behind the ball and leaving Hogan up front. And um, I think for us to go to, to a team like that, um, I think it was like standard Karanka sort of tactics. I think that's how he set up when he was at, uh, at Borough and he was at Forest. But for us to go there, um, to, to play on the front foot, to, to take the game to them in the first half, to not get totally bogged down by their negativity and to still come up with a slightly fortuitous penalty, but you, you've still got to take them, and we did, and, and we weathered a storm at the end. Um, so yeah, I think Birmingham weren't brilliant. They had they had a, a game plan, but our game plan countered their game plan. So more of them, even if it wasn't a great spectacle, it's um, I think it's what it's, it's what we need to do. I think there's sort of points we need to to iron out. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, just as just Sorry, as you were just Sam, finishing that Sam, sentence Sam. there. He's all it wild in my bedroom. There's something else in now. <laughs> I've never had the window open. I don't know where this has come from. Just as just as Dave was just uh, those who were listening to us. I thought they'd do a laughing at me. In fairness, <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was Ben me. looking <laughs> round at, at the uh, at the filming of Bug Lies Two in his uh, in in his bedroom. <laughs> Are you all right, Ben? Have you got it? it? I can just hear something buzzing about. I haven't even had a window open. Unbelievable. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Right, so staying with Birmingham, Steve, uh, one of the, I was going to say unsung heroes, but it seems like there's been a, a collective of, uh, of outpouring of, um, of kudos to, um, to Massimo Luongo, who uh, playing out of position, uh, played very well by all accounts. I mean, uh, you know, you, you're a football coach yourself. I mean, is it difficult to make that sort of transition from that role to the other? Um, not necessarily in the way that we set up. I think, I think he from the bits that I saw, he, he he was really really good on Saturday. I think, but I think he's been good all season. I think we've had conversations where we've talked about the fact that he's probably been our best player uh, this season. Um, he's he's been like a new signing, hasn't he? Being fit, um, and you know, he's replaced that. He, he's more like he's like a more cultured Sam Hutchinson, really, isn't he? Uh, not as much of a liability. Um, does those jobs? I think he's been really, really good. And I think just for, I know we're talking Birmingham, but last night I think we really missed him. Um, that was one of the you know one of the things that I'm sure we'll talk about in a little while. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's been fantastic for us this year. Absolutely, absolutely, I, and I think that's a, that's a fair assumption as well to to liken him to to Sam Hutchinson. Like you know what I mean? He he he, do, he does the job that Bannon needs next to him. I think I uh, I popped out a tweet today which used the uh, used the uh, the pro TV program, the boys that said like separately they're shit, but when they're you know when they're when they're together they're like the fucking Spice Girls, you know what I mean? They're, and and they really are, they they absolutely have, have, have gelled together. But like you know, I mean, it, I I need to talk about um, about the signings coming up as well and, and and all the rest of it. But but Dave, going back to something that you were saying earlier on. Do you feel that once we get past zero, we might take our foot off the gas, or do you feel like it will be a monkey off our back? I think more the latter. I think it starts to make you looking at what the rest of the season could be, because it's you get some people who've looked at the table and said that had it not been for the points deduction, we would be sat at the top of bottom end, just outside the playoffs, which may or may not have happened if we'd been on zero. We're not exactly famed for as good starts um, when we start from zero. So maybe having that negative balance has just been a little bit of a motivation to kick the, the team on. I think with the next three games, if we're not looking at seven points, um, nine points, hopefully, um, then then something's wrong. So I don't think it will be. I think once we start putting teams beneath us, 
then we can start going, right, what's this season going to be about? We know, realistically, it's to make sure we don't get relegated. But if we can get into November and be off the bottom of the table, then, you know, without being, or without being ridiculous and unrealistic, it might start going, well, look, is it going to be a top-half finish? So hopefully not. I don't think I, I don't think we would ease off, and I don't think the personalities he's got in the club you're going to have that now. I think it really is sort of hungry players that we've got, and I think they would kick on. But it'd be nice to see. Um, so I, I'm, I'd be positive that we can carry on and see 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 more performances like we saw against Birmingham, where we're getting the results. And and even in, we'll come on to Brentford. It wasn't great, but we need to take that. We need we need to pay respect to how good Brentford are and how well they'll be. Because I would say, looking at what I saw last night, uh, apart from the wank fest that um, Sky were providing them, um, they could well be up there, top two, by the end of the season. I, I, I firmly believe that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now Ben, we, you know, we, we, we spoke about this before, and it's, um, and, it, and, it, and it's something that's actually sitting well for me. Now, uh, three seasons ago, we had one of those uh, ill-fated fucking get-togethers that uh, Chancery has with the uh, with the fans and he said look we've got three years of turmoil coming up now we we you know we've spent our money we've gone for it and then we're gonna have three se- three seasons of, of turmoil to to reset the FFP and all the, and all the rest of it now out of nowhere we seem to have recruited really well uh, you know this group of players that, that I think we've got Ben are are some of the is some of the best recruitment we've done would you agree yeah, definitely. I mean, we've got proven championship players at the very least, especially the two that we brought in on deadline day with Jack Marriott and Aidan Flint, both of which have gone for big money in the past. I mean, Marriott went to Derby for something at four or five million. Flint went to Middlesbrough for around seven or something from Bristol City. And we've got them, um, albeit on loan, but we're paying nothing for, except wages, nothing for what we've got. And yeah, hopefully this is a turning point. I think there's been a big turning point in how we're doing this business. It seems to have shifted back into the hands of the manager, whereas the last three or four years before, I think you saw the shift with Steve Bruce that he started bringing who he wanted in rather than what we had under Carlos and Lokai, where we were signing people who we didn't know where they were coming from and how we'd ever even found out who they were. But... Yeah, hopefully this is the turning point. And just going on what Dave said, the next three games, I think if really it's it won't be unrealistic to say we really should be on positive five. I've got, got, got ourselves out of a crap PCP. Do you know, like when you've got a car and you, you you've got a contract plan and you keep going back to the same people, we're dying. We've somehow it feels like we've somehow managed to break that. I don't know if we've yeah. still got that link with them, but the players that we've got, I think you're right, Ben. I think they feel. From from Bruce and then leading into Monk, the, the genuinely players you could imagine imagine those managers and coaches would have picked. You know, Marriott apparently is somebody that uh, Monk's wanted previously, and and you can in Flint. I don't know if you signed him or worked with him before, but there's none of those players that you could say. Yeah, there's none of those players that you could say he's got no idea. That's the first time he's ever met him. Like when Daryl yeah. Lackman walked through the door and met Carlos. I mean, Christ, how did that meeting go? Yeah, I mean, you you look at. Izzy Brown, that's through mm-hmm. Andrew Hughes. Same thing with Kachunga. Mm-hmm. Um, who else have we got? Deli Bashiru, yeah, but... The Man City youth player, people will be looking out yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and that, that seems to have been a big thing that, that Monks wanted to do as well. It's been that open-door policy to any 
youth player that's been released from your cities and Liverpools and stuff that we've, we've had on trial and just, just having a look at players, mm-hmm. a lad from Everton as well that we've, mm-hmm. we've looked at and signed. Adi Doyne, however you pronounce it, but yeah, I'm I'm really pleased, really pleased with the signings that we've we've made. Whether not all of them are going to be successful, still not some are going to be more successful than others. But I think overall, compared to what we've done in the last three years, yeah, it's it's all positive. I tell you what, it has remnants of. Do you remember when Chan Siri first came in and and all of a sudden we signed about thirty thousand players, didn't we? And we had no money because we had to sign them on loan. And and mm-hmm. we seem to have done that all over again, don't we? We seem to have done that on an apps on a, on a, on a cycle once again. I mean, Steve, before we get down the route of of Marriott and Flint, I mean, are you are you still quite optimistic about this season? Do you do you reckon we'll we'll get out of it? We're definitely going to finish above Wickham. Surely we've got to, right? We don't know where their next win's coming from. I, I think I'm the most optimistic person in our group, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here. <laughs> well, and we've got I, Ash. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, I, I don't see it being an issue. I, I've said it from, you know, the start of the season. All we had to be was 12 points better than last year. Yeah. And we are going to be 12 points better than last year. Um, because if we'd have had that point, it would have been taken. Uh, I think we'd have gone down by about four points. Um, we are comfortably going to recoup those points over the, the course of the season. To take the point um, that we made earlier about the the, the negative points, if you like, um, yeah, it's frustrating. And I got get Dave's point when he was talking about getting towards zero. I think if you start to look at the teams that are just above us, you know, there are teams that we'd expect to be up there that are struggling. Mm. You know, like your Derby's and your, your your Forests have been struggling. You know, Preston for once aren't pulling any any trees up really. Um, so it's interesting to see um, how those guys are go- those teams are going to be sort of developing. You know, as, as we go into the next sort of couple of months, getting towards Christmas and what have you, um, I've got no concerns whatsoever. I think you know, there's no reason that we can't kick on and and, and finish top half absolutely as a, as a minimum, based on the players that we've signed, based on the business that we've done, based on the coaches that we've brought in, and that sort of change in policy that we've just talked about. And I, I think it's a really positive time for the club. Absolutely. Now, Dave, let's move on to. Um... The, the sign the two signings that we made on on deadline day now for some reason Sheffield Wednesday perennially never got involved in um, Jim White's golden tie day it, it never happened you know we just kind of shut up shop we all went on and went now sorry we'll pick up the uh, we'll pick up the flot Sam on loan next week which is kind of what we did and then now we I think, you know, I think we got I think we got burned we did it with Richard Cresswell and then we never did it after that I think that was it <laughs> before well, my time. <laughs> well, let, let, just to let you know, uh, Ben, because this was before your time, uh, Richard Cresswell was a walking uh, blonde centre part in with, that was just a nose in ears. It was me. Um, that, that, you know, I, <laughs> I got a load of grief for York And a York City shirt. That was about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then he went and played on for the Blades and uh, Jermaine Johnson smashed his face up. So, um, you know. I remember that. Yeah, yeah that happened. Um, but like, like, Dave, the... I'm just trying to think, right, I am and have been a uh, an advocate of Aidan Flint's for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. I, like, you know, a lot of people call out, oh, I, you know, you know like they do with bands where they go, I knew him before, you lot knew who he was. I'm calling Aidan Flint. I'm having that one. <laughs> uh, I went to a, uh, a Bristol derby. Yeah, it was, just, it was a day out. And uh, I watched, watched some Bristol Rose fans get their head kicked in outside a pub called the BS3. Don't go there. And um, mm-hmm. And at the time, there was this big... And, and it's a favourite term of mine. It's a big shit house, no, you know, centre back, 
who was right up my street, and I thought I like this guy. And then he signed for Borough, and then and, and then for Cardiff, and and I'm over the moon. We've we've got this guy like absolutely buzzing. And then you've got Marriott, who's who's one of those nippy little, you know, bitey strikers that will clip you on the back of the ACL if you're not looking. That that type of guy. I'll grab a handful of shorts and stuff like that. Like, and then you look at some of the other signings we've got, like uh, Izzy Brown and, and and people like that, and uh, definitely Patterson. Are we looking to shit house our way to to mid table? Is, is is that what we're looking to? I mean, you you know, you're in Scotland. You know all about that. <laughs> no, I don't say shit housing is kind of like just is, is one up from normally what you get from the quality <laughs> of football. Yeah, um, I I, th- I think so. I, I agree with you with Flint. It's if it's great if every single centre half was Virgil Van Dijk. Um, they aren't because most of them aren't crippled like he has been. But if if you're centre half, your job's to defend. So and I know it's, it's dead basic, but if the ball's coming your way and you can stop it getting past you, whether it's heads ears, arseholes, feet, whatever, and whether the ball's been pumped forward or it's an attacker carrying it, your job's to stop that. And that's what Flint does. I don't think, and I don't mean anything disparaging, I don't know how good he is with his, his range of passing, but he's going to be a threat um, on attacking plays and he's going to stop the ball coming forward when it's in the air. So that's what you want your centre-halves to do. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, so I mean, I think... bear in mind, Barry Bannon was constantly looking for Stephen Fletcher just for that shit yeah. house header, wasn't he? Well, this is it. This, 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 I don't think there's anything wrong with playing in that way. Um, it's horses for courses, isn't it? We've got to understand the position we're in. And the championship's great if you can do what Brentford are doing yesterday and um, pass through and, and have these players that are mobile, but not everyone's going to be in that position. So uh, to have players that are going to bring something where they're going to bring some physicality or a little bit of, like say with Marriott, maybe sort of niggles and bites and nips and... Yeah, if we... You, you doing you doing to others before they're doing to you, don't you? It's it's biblical here, isn't it? It's it's, yeah, it's going first. out there and treating yeah, exactly. Pretty much. Because I, there's no point in trying to be the nice guys because we're not gonna end up doing anything if we do that. I think we've we've recruited well. I think Ben's touched on the fact that you know these are players with championship experience and they've been successful, they're supplementing what we've got. I don't think there'll be long-term signings with us unless we push on because I think the clubs that they came from will fancy them back. Um, but if we can use them for the time being, if, if Flint's coming in, gets us Jay Dunkley fit, gets Tom Lee's back, Iorfa, um, then that's great. Similarly, with Mar- Marriott possibly a little bit less because if Marriott moves on, um, I don't really know... I don't know if Windass is going to be a long-term option up front. I can see Kachunga doing his 12 months with us and that'll be about it. Yeah. And Rhodes is done. So it's great for the time being. I, I do think the good things, I do think it's going to be useful for us going forward in, for this season. Um, and it's, it's more it's, it's more smart business. It's, 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 it's ticking lots of boxes, youth development, possibilities, potential, and established players. Now, Steve, I'll come, I'll come to... Youth development with you, Steve. But Ben, I mean, are you are you the same with with the signings we've made? I mean, what what are your opinions of it? I mean, you're a young kid. I'm expecting you're wanting fast flowing, expansive football, and what we're going to do is just shit kick our way to mid table. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's all I want. No, I think I think Yorkshire. That's right. We're just going to kick it. <laughs> no, I think we've got. I think we've got a good eye on on both sides. So it will. We're developing younger players, Alex Hunt, yeah, people are going to say wasn't that effective yesterday, which he wasn't, but he's, he's only had four or five starts, let, let's get it right, and 
is 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 being brought into a, after not playing really much of a part this season, is being thrown into a two-man midfield really alongside Barry Bannon against what best teams in the league and best midfields in the league. So yeah, I think, I think it we've was got a good eye on both youth and um, like short-term getting themselves out of this situation that we're in and just on what. What Dave said, we and what what we've all said is we are going to shit house teams. I think we're still a bit lightweight with people that are out. I mean, you look like yesterday, and obviously Callum Patterson's taking throw-ins, and we've only really got Aiden Flint as you really. I know Van Aken's tall, but he's not. He's not dominating. And you just think when you've got Iofa coming back in, Tom Lee's coming back in, um, Patterson's go with it. Shea Dunkley to come back as well. You think about throw-ins and corners then when you've got four or five, six foot four, fourteen stone lads in box. We are we are gonna get more out of them situations. So, six foot yeah. four and fourteen stone. Christ, they need to have a pie, don't they, Steve? Yeah, in it. In it. Now, now Ben touched on it there, Steve. Um Alex Hunt, he's shite, isn't he? Um I'll, I'll reserve judgment. Um, I think, to be honest with you, he must be doing something. He must have done something over the last few days to get in mm-hmm. um, above, you know, the players that, that he got in a, in front of last night against a team like Brentford. Uh, Monk must be seeing something there. Um, so good luck to him. I, I, I think it was probably a game that was a maybe a, a step too far for him, if you like, um, last night. Um, do, you think, do you think he's too much like Bannon to play alongside Bannon? So if it been Hunt and Luongo, do you think Hunt might have got more mileage? I think so a bit. He is. I, I just think he, you'd want your... If you've got a, a, a big unit of centre-halves and you've got a big unit of strikers and you've got Barry Bannon in the middle of the park, I don't think he fits in there. Into The balance isn't quite right. Um, I think you need a, a Luongo. Um, you need somebody else who, who you know who can go and complement Bannon. And I don't think Hunt was a player to do that last night. Um, well, I mean, that's he's what he's eight stone wet through, isn't he? Yeah, I, I, mean, I think Dave's right. I think he's he's so so similar to Barry Bannon. I think that's been part of why Bannon sort of tried to take him under his wing so much and try and nurture him. And and that that's fine, like I said, but. But you'll need you'll need a shit playing. kicker behind them. If you've got two ball winning midfielders, you need yeah. somebody to break up play behind them. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is why he made the substitution and put Pelopesi on because we did look so much better after that. The only thing that I'd say reserve judgment on <laughs> on Alex on is he's still only twenty. And now you look at the squad that we have. How many of them players have made an impact in the professional game when they were twenty? He probably wouldn't have been a name any of them, and he's Gimplin, defo, slowly breaking his way in. So, <laughs> I, I, I get that. I get, I get that he's drip feeding him. I, I get that he's drip feeding him in Ben. I, I do, but I don't see how he is at the level that we need him to be. You know what I mean? I, I want yet. to believe that yet. Sheffield Wednesday are a top half Championship team, and 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 I believe on our day we can be. But I, I think that Alex Hunt is a good few sessions in the gym away from that and also needs to learn how to grow a foot in a couple of weeks. Do you know what I mean? I, I just don't, I don't know where he's going to fit in, in, in this, like we were saying, this physical team that we that we've got, you know, Oh, don't get me wrong. It's not like, it's not like Bannon's the biggest guy on the pitch, but when 
when Barry Bannon isn't the smallest guy on the pitch, you've got to have a look around and think, where is he going to win this ball? You know, do you know what he he would benefit from? He's probably three months on loan down in yeah. League One, League, League One, League Two, or yeah. Vanarama. Because you know, he's a he's, he's a Sheffield lad. He's a he's a Wednesday eye. He's one of those lads that you want to see do well and succeed. Um, and it's nothing personal against him, but like you said, Fudge, I, I just think by now. I'd expect him to be a little bit further on. He's been in yeah. and around that squad, was it? Was it two years ago? It's been two seasons now, hasn't it? I mean, this is his third. And he's, he's, he seems to be doing that. You know, he's, he's on mm -hmm. a level. He's plateauing. He's not. He's not progressing. And for him to go and be impactful in this squad, um, and if he's going to be the replacement for Bannon whenever Bannon goes, that's absolutely fine. But he's yeah. over him sat on the bench and getting forty-five minutes here. Two weeks off, another 45 minutes, half an hour. Maybe it's like an hour. when you look at Connor Kirby, he was in a similar situation 12, 18 months ago. He went away on Lorton Macclesfield and was playing regular and then he got released at the end of the season. But I'd have put they two, in my understanding of my limited understanding of Wednesday's youth, I thought they were kind of on a par for the next progressive centre midfielder. Mm -hmm. so, so obviously, something must be happening that we're not seeing to say we don't want you anymore. If Connor, Connor. If Connor Kirby goes on loan. A club mm -hmm. down there, and, and then they get released. They, you know, it, it's going to be a situation where they've gone. We've had a look at him. We've got people watching him playing league football. He's mm -hmm. not for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If that be the case, yeah, with Alex, so, yeah. I'm not saying for a second that that is. You know, so be it. I want, I want him to be. be I want him to be our Jack Grealish. I know he's not going to get to the level of Jack Grealish, but I want him to be the local lad that we can get behind. And he's just not exciting enough. He doesn't. He doesn't excite me. Do you know? Do you know what he reminds me of? It's like that third substitute that turns up on you know when your fourteen man squad on a Sunday morning that you get to the last twenty minutes and go fine, go on, have twenty minutes. Like you know what I mean? It just that's that's how it feels to me. Like that. you know what I mean, Ben? I I do I do and like I agree with everything that that everyone said that. At the moment, yeah, he's probably not ready, and he's not. I do think he's, he's suffered somewhat by when he has played. He's played alongside Banner, not mm -hmm. instead of him, and mm -hmm. he's for me a long-term replacement for for Barry Bannon in another three or four years. Because by then, I it, I think he'll, I think he'll be good enough. Because technically, he's able. Physically, he isn't. And well, he I has mean, yeah. there's plenty of time for, for him to, to, to grow into it. And I do think he's more of a Barry Bannon than somebody who can play alongside him because you need a Luongo or a, even Pelopessa, what we, we saw last night. And we, we slated him. We slated him and I've slated him. <laughs> That's twice in full face, folks. Last night, it was what we needed. Well, I, t I tell you what, right? The, you know, we talk about his size. And I think in this country, in, in Britain, you know, especially Scotland, we, are, we have this bullshit that you have to be a certain height to play a certain position. You have to be a certain bulk to play this level of football. And, you know, I always use Lionel Messi as an example because Barcelona, you know, he had a growth deficiency and Barcelona took him on at 11 years old. They saw the talent he had, gave him some growth hormones and all, all the treatment that the guy needed. And now he's become one of the world's best players. Now, so I get really angry that, that Britain subscribes to this. You need to be this certain size of player. To, in order to make it as a footballer. However, on the side of that, I played five aside last night. And Steve, you play men's football. You know, I've, I've come in, I've grabbed this kid and I've tried to get a handful of shorts. And what I did was grab a handful of his scrotum and picked him up and his little legs are flicking away underneath. And... <laughs> and I've end up and I've end up giving away a foul, like because he just wasn't big enough because he just didn't have that physical presence. Do you know what I mean? But I guess time will tell. Um, now 
Before I carry on, before we get on to the Brentford game, I'm going to introduce now a guest we had. Uh, Vic, Ben and I caught up with Ryan Hills, writer of, uh, of uh, Derby County book Pride. And uh, let's, uh, let's see how it goes. The Wednesday Week Podcast. A strictly unbiased view on Sheffield Wednesday. The world's greatest football club. Okay, uh, welcome to this p- segment of the show of the Wednesday week. Uh, we've got a special guest for us, uh, joining Vic, Ben and myself, is, uh, is Ryan Hills, uh, published author uh, from, the, um, from the Derby County, from the white side of the East Midlands. Is that, is that the right way of saying it, Ryan? I'd say so, yeah. I mean, a few years ago, I'd have said sort of the, the, the best side of the East Midlands, but I think uh, that, might be, that might be gone nowadays. But yeah, uh, that's the one. We'll go with that. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about your book before I go into the main question that we're all thinking right now. Obviously, this is Chef Wednesday podcast, and I am going to say to you, how come you get away with it and we don't? Um, but we will, we will get to that. Tell us about the book. Tell, tell us what it's about. Yeah, so um, it's something I've been working on for the last three years or so um, about, uh, about Derby, basically. So um, it's about the last 20 years of the club, sort of taken on a, a year by by year basis, basically. So I spoke with about 60, 65 former players, managers, whoever answered the phone, essentially. Uh, and yeah, it's finally all finished and all out uh, this, well now. So it sort of came out properly yesterday, uh, which is great. But it's actually, um, a big inspiration was a Sheffield Wednesday book, that's quite similar. So- Is it Elsewhere looked- the Modern Era? It is, yeah. It looks Did like I I've got make it. you read that? No, yes. I bought it. It looks like I've got it here as a prop, but it's actually always on my desk. So, so it's that one was like, it was a bit of a, it's like, yeah, I could do something similar to that. Uh, so, so there we go, I went from there. But, yeah, did you uh, did you manage to get to speak to uh, some of the alumni that, that we used to have, for example, like um, Mark Pembridge, Benito Carboni, people like that? Did you ever get to speak to those guys? I know Carboni just went back to go and live in the hills where he came from, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I don't know what he ended up doing. Uh, there was, uh, the Italian ones were quite difficult to get, so uh, Ravinelli, I never managed to get Ravinelli, uh, but I've got a lot of stories about him, which was good. But I got a couple of ex-Wednesday. I got um, Lee Grant, and yeah. you got Stephen Bywater for a bit as well, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we wanted just... to try and get him on. I, 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 we're actually, because well, we've been doing, we've been having ex-players on that we, throughout lockdown, and yeah, we... we Tried to get older in my message, him, but he he never replied. But we'd love to have him on. We'd love did you to uh, did you get to speak okay. to him? Did you actually talk? Did you meet him or did you speak to him? No, I, I just spoke to him over over a phone call, and then we were meant to have a second one arranged, and he, he never ever picked up his phone again. But he's a character. Is uh, is Bywater? Yeah, we we dubbed him uh, Mad as a Fish in Petrol. Yeah, uh, was the uh, was the best way of describing Stephen Bywater. I mean, we we all know the famous story about him sat in his car eating a tin of ambrosia creamed rice with a toothbrush. Uh, <laughs> that was always that one was of my favourites. <laughs> and then the... Uh, and then I was... thought as well he drenched the journalist when we got promoted. Yeah. 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 And then it was, um, and then it was him that I think he was playing for Derby County at the time, where he had a fall out with one of his neighbours. Yeah, because he set up a caravan with a load of sex dolls. Oh, yeah. that, that, that was a big one. Yeah, he called that's it mod, called it modern art as well. And then he was also, he, I mean, could write a book about him to be honest. Because when we got promoted at Wembley, he, um, I think it was Giles Barnes doing an interview, and bear in mind, was live on Sky or Tantra at that point, and he just got in the background and just. Screamed into live TV, just get your rat out. Oh, yeah. He did as well, yeah. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> fair enough. 
Yeah. Now, Vic, before yeah. I turn this into the Stephen, Pod- uh, Stephen Podcast Bywater show, that one, um, yeah. let, let's ask our highbrow published guests some, uh, some proper questions. Yeah, so Ryan, obviously, we're talking to you as Sheffield Wednesday fans, and obviously, Fudge just said a couple of things that are going to come your way, but why would someone read this who isn't a Derby fan? Obviously, you've read The Owls Through the Modern Era book, which is brilliant. I think I passed it around the entire office when I'd read it. So what, what would appeal to somebody? Is it just the fact that, obviously, you're, you're a young'un, not as young as our Ben, but you're a young'un. So you've, you've been promised all this glory, like a lot of Sheffield Wednesday fans, I guess, and then had to put up with a lot of shit. Basically, essentially, yeah. Essentially, I think there's a lot of a lot of similarities between the two clubs, to be honest. Because when I first started supporting Derby, I expected them to be in and around the Premier League until I was old and grey and everything, and then they immediately got relegated. And then there's been all sorts of financial just turmoil. So we've had our fair share of, of owners and chairmen end up in prison, and then we end up having the worst season of any football club in history ever. And 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 like yourself. I mean, you're probably sat here thinking, how did you not get promoted? We're thinking the same about us as well. So it, it's, there's a lot of similarities between the two clubs, I think. And, and in terms of sort of what I've been, been working on, it's about not necessarily some random nil-nil draw at Plymouth. It's about what on earth goes on behind the scenes of, of a club who, in reality, are just like a tiny little uh, second division club in the middle of England. Um, but they always seem to try and make the front page as much as possible. Do you want to know one really fun fact that there is a link between Sheffield Wednesday and Derby County? So back in 2009, when I worked at Sheffield Wednesday, we linked up with Derby quite a lot on the uh, team card point shitty thing that you got on your season ticket. And Derby County had a very successful children's comic that I replicated with the same company. So Ozzy and Barney, the comic, was based off Rami's comic at Derby County. And you can still probably buy it in the club shop for about 43 quid. So. The the mascot's called Rammy. Rammy the Ram, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make a note of that. Uh, ben, get me out of this while I make some notes. Rammy, name your sex date. All right, carry on. <laughs> Go on, Ben. Um, I was going to ask how long it took you to put the whole book together. How long did it take to write it? Uh, to, it was a weird one. Writing actually took like eight or nine months in total, but the actual reaching out to people took like, two years in the end that was the bit that was ridiculous so um i spent like even back when i was back when i just started working in chef um i ended up trying to get billy davis and i never ended up getting him in the end because it's it's billy davis basically um so that was sort of the longest process but in total yeah it's like it's like three years did you uh, did you ever get to a point where you know like when you would go i'm gonna do some spring cleaning and then halfway through you go wish i'd not fucking started this <laughs> How many times did you reach that point when you, when you did that? Um, probably about once a week, to be honest, for the last three years. <laughs> the times, it was just insane. You know, when you're sort of being being pied off by by just sort of just random ex-footballers. Or I think there were, there were... I had seven interviews arranged with Dean Leacock, who um, played that night against with Derby. And seven times, he just didn't pick up the phone. And I was just like, this is... What am I doing? What am I doing with my life? Just go and go for a jog or something. But yeah, we got there in the end. <laughs> what um, what stories stick out in your mind? I mean, you know, we, we like, like Ben said, we've interviewed a couple of players during lockdown, and there, there must be some stories that have really absolutely stuck with you that that have been corroborated by one or two other players that you then to ask them about. 
you know what I mean? You know, oh, tell us about this time that, you know, Igor Stimak told me about this. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's uh, the one that stands out is Tribo West. Um, he, he, so we ended up having him for about 20 games in 2000, 2001 um, until he stopped turning up. So I spoke to sort of Stefano Aranio and Dion Burton as well, actually. I think he was there for a bit, mm. wasn't he? Yeah, just about what he was like. Um, and we were telling, telling him about how he was doing the pre-match prayers in the changing room. Um, and he'd get everyone in a huddle and, and sort of arms all together. Um, and how everyone was just trying to hold back laughter. And then they were talking about how in the days before footballers were doing all the phones and everything, having the headphones, he was always on his phone to a, a church back in Nigeria. Um, so there was a lot of Tariba West in there. And then eventually just stopped turning up. He was still getting paid. He just didn't show up anymore. So that's that's probably the the one that really stands out for me, just in terms of being absolutely mental. So obviously another thing, Ryan, then that's happened that's obviously very similar to what's happened to us recently is you were promised a lot in the last few years. Everything seemed to be going in the right direction. You know, there's some some ex-Man United player or something that came in, and I don't know. So what what's gone wrong? Basically, what's happened? Because it's happened to both teams. Like we should both probably be round and about up there at the moment and we're not at all we're both kind of sat holding hands at the bottom of the table so us probably more unfairly than you but what what's happened what's gone wrong for for Derby for other clubs of a similar size really uh I really don't know to be honest it seems the easiest way of saying that I mean we've had so many changes of manager over the years we've had Steve McLaren about 23 times now um wasn't there, um, what was his name? Um, Frank Lampard? Uh, yeah, that's the one. Did he manage you at some we point? We had Frank yeah. Lampard. I think it was Derby County's Frank Lampard. I think, yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, we, we had him uh, for a little bit. And yeah, we just kept changing managers, basically. And there was no stability. And we were getting players under a different, uh, under a different sort of way of playing. And we'd get to the playoffs each year and then we'd mess it up at Wembley. So when we first actually started looking good was, was post, post Nigel Clough. And then we really missed the boat because we started throwing money around and we got ourselves into all sorts of sort of financial messes, uh, which we can all relate to a little bit. And then we ended up selling our stadium to us, to ourselves. So. Well, here's a question for you, Ryan, that, you know, might come out of <laughs> this is really great in on him. How, how did you get away with it? And we didn't. Oh, it's just, uh, Mel Morris is obviously just a lot cleverer, I guess. Well, I, I, this, is, this is what I'm thinking. Is it, is it like that, that Wiley being a football man? Because obviously, you know, we have a lot of issues with Chancery, the fact that he's not from a football background. And, you know, selling the stadium to yourself, there's a few, there's a few clubs have done it. And then you've managed to find another way with the 32 red Wayne Rooney fucking bullshit that you've managed. <laughs> but I don't understand how nobody else has done this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, neither do I. So with, in terms of the stadium, I can sort of understand it because Mel has basically he's done the EFL completely up. So they've made an absolute mockery of themselves. So they would have they would have got us if they had a better case, I reckon. But because in the actual um, the case that got thrown out, they compared our stadium to, I think it was Morecambe Stadium. It was just <laughs> a laughing stock, basically. So if the EFL were a bit more on the ball, they, they, they potentially could have got something there. But I think they would, or Derby at least, were just just within sort of the, the understanding of the laws, basically. Whereas I guess Wednesday were, were just outside of it. Well, there's, there, I mean, bear in mind, your stadium, Pride Park itself, was the 
was one of the first or second of those prefab, uh, what's, the, what's the word, you know, industrial estate stadiums that get much maligned. Oh, unfortunately, don't get me wrong, you, had, you know, you've got Sunderland, Middlesbrough, but yours is exactly the same as St. Mary's. I mean, it's the same. It's a, it, it, you know what I mean? It, it, I think I remember going once, one of my, uh, I was about 13, and we were, we were allowed on the bus to drive down and went down on the Intercity Owl. Drove a bus? No, no, I didn't drive a bloody bus. I was 13. Christ, I went on crack. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sadly, when I'm Captain Jack Sparrow, when I'm tearing down the M1. No, we um, <coughs> went down a derby on the Intercity Owl on the, uh, on the coach, and we just got this uh, orange, orange kit. And, um, oh, it was smart. We loved it. We fell in love with this kit. And we went tearing down. And, uh, and I remember it was blazing sunshine when we pulled up. So one of the lads goes, are we, uh, are we just wearing shirts, lads, or what? And we went, yeah, we're just going to have the shirt. So I'm just going to walk in. So the bus pulls in. We got there. And the worst sleet I've ever seen come tearing down because that corner's missing. You had that corner. Have you filled in that corner now? Yeah, it's all sorted now. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been, a, and it just came in sideways, and then it was a Rory Delap's debut, and you spanked us three nil, and it was truly the worst day of my bloody life. So you know, thanks for that. I'm really sorry about that one. I'm sorry. Blame, blame Rory. Blame Rory Delap. Not and the me. problem is now they've filled in that corner. It's the hottest away ground in the country. On like we had a season in. there a few years ago, and it was absolutely horrendous. I never knew a few years ago. You probably weren't even alive then. It's probably 20. I never knew that. That corner must have been filled in for years. Literally four years before you were a fetus, Ben. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Right, does anybody have a last question for Ryan before we wrap this up? Obviously, we need to bring up the question of Mr. Marriott. Not our very own James Marriott ex-podcaster, but Mr. Jack Marriott. How have we done that? I, I mean, I spoke to you about it. You were pretty shocked. Obviously, you've still got calling Cousin Richards to, to score them goals for you. But I looked tonight as well, and one thing that I've noticed is the recall clause that we, you seem to have over him, that if he scores 10 times for us, you can call him back, which just seems insane. But what have we got there? Are we all right with that? Is it is it a good signing for us? Or Yeah, yeah it's a good signing for you. He's not really fit into, into the current manager's uh, style of play whatever that style is sometimes, but he's he's sort of like found himself quite isolated. And a lot of last season he played basically 40% fit essentially. So I think last year he got three goals in something like 36 games, which doesn't sound great, but the player, the original Jack Marriott that we signed from Peterborough for like five, six million a couple of years ago was 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 pretty amazing for at least about three months. So obviously he was the one who sort of single-handedly tore the part in the playoffs that night. And then he was, uh, I think it was a run where he scored something like six in eight games under Lampard. And he was just looking so, so likely to score every time he got the ball, basically. So in terms of what you're getting, you're getting someone who's, who's, who's a very hungry player, who knows where, where the goal is and he always gives his all. But the, the other thing you get is he does pick up quite a few injuries, or at least has done since, since we've had him. Um, and he can go a little bit missing at times. Um, I'm not sure if that's necessarily to do with, with just our style of play that hasn't worked towards, towards the way he plays, um, but I think it's probably the best move all round at the minute because you're going to get a strike who's, I'd, I'd say, probably going to score 12, 15 goals for you this season as long as he stays fit, and um, we can recall him 
in January can uh, keep ourselves up, maybe. Do you feel that he's played better when he's been up top, maybe alongside Chris Martin? Because that seems to be what, what we've heard and probably that could work with Callum Patterson up top with yeah. Yeah, definitely. So as a lone striker, he it doesn't work because he's just not big enough, basically. Um, next to Martin last season, they, they, they've they looked very good together. Um, and when he probably looked at his best was back when we had um, a, a front three just behind him. So we'd have sort of Mason Mount, Harry Wilson and Tom Lawrence. And when those three were behind him with a couple of midfielders um, sort of making the runs there as well, he looked, he looked pretty amazing sort of most games. But the issue was that from then on, injuries sort of started to strike in a little bit and he found himself, like I say, a little bit more isolated. But you are getting a, a good player um, who's, I, I think when we first signed, he was like that typical fox-in-the-box sort of player. But the issue was we just stopped getting the ball into the box. So he was pretty wasted from there. Bodes well for a team that can't make Jordan Rhodes score, I think. So bring it on. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Where do you think we'll both finish then, Ryan? To finish off? Uh, I reckon you'll be all right, to be honest. Um, you seem to have started relatively okay. I think you'll get a mid-table. And I, it's, it's difficult for us because um, we've started so poorly. I think at the minute I'd take mid-table um, purely because there doesn't seem to be too much of a... Uh, there's definitely not too much optimism in terms of us at the minute. Um, but do you not think, it. though, Ryan, that the quality of the championship this year is, uh, and the technical term, is piss poor? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> you look at the, uh, you look at some of the clubs that are in that are in this league, and and you look at the bottom, and you add us on our, our minus points, and then you've got yourselves and Forest down there, and and you know it, it, it's difficult to go ha 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 look at Forest as a Derby fan, but then sat there next to him going. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but when you, when you look up at this league or you try and put a bet on on a Saturday, obviously it's quite difficult, no? Yeah, exactly. And that's the worst thing about it because you look at this division this year with, with sides who came down last year who aren't big clubs and sides who, who came up were, who look in, in Wickham's case pretty awful. And we're <laughs> still sort of down there in amongst it. So it's, it's oh, I don't know. Realistically, it should be sort of a... a on size basis, it should be Derby, uh, Chef Wed and Forest towards the top three. And I don't think any of us are going to be anywhere near there. So I look forward to seeing Wickham, Barnsley and Coventry in the, in the Prem next year. In the Premier League. <laughs> on a serious oh, note, I'm, I'm struggling to see where Wickham might pick up a win, if I'm honest. Did it's they win at the weekend? No, lost 2-1 to Millwall. Oh, did they? I remember they, they, they had this goal that was just the worst yeah. goal you've ever seen where the keeper spilled it to them or something like that. But, um, yeah. Got rolled out. But, you know, we've all got a soft spot for Wickham. I'm all right with Wickham. Dean Course, a great away day. But listen, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. That was absolutely spectacular. I could pick your brains all day, but I, um, I'm going to go and get drunk. And uh, because... That's uh, choice. Well, you know, it's 20 past seven and I've only got two and a half hours because Boris. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Hills. The Wednesday week. Five friends, one football club. And about six jokes, they just repeat over and over and over and over and over. Okay, so thanks a lot for, once again for joining us, Ryan. That was, uh, that was absolutely spectacular. Now, we've got nine minutes left to talk about Brentford and how well Joey Pelletessi played. You can now tell us, Ben, and I promise I won't pull that face. 
I'm not saying unbelievable because he, he did what he always does. He gets the ball, it looks to wherever Barry Bannon is, and whether Bannon's got three men around him or none, he'll give it him. Mm. But <laughs> for, for me, last night, he did his job in winning ball back, breaking up play in the second half. And while Brentford controlled possession, I did think he had a good impact on it. Better than, than what, what Hunt was having. Well, yeah, because, you know, Alex Hunt takes stone went through, like, you know what I mean? Now, Dave, they, they were good, Brentford, weren't they? They were, they were. They were good. I mean, not that Sky didn't let us know that they were good and that even Tony's <laughs> absolutely, you know, it's, it's like one up from Messi, but they did. And they, they held up often as the model. Um, I can remember when I was growing up, it was always like Crew Alexandra with a model because they developed the youth and all that. Um, but it seems to be now that Brentford are because they've got this philosophy and then they recruit around the way they play. And therefore, when they bring people in that may be slightly unfashionable or from lower leagues, when they move on, um, they can be replaced by somebody that's coming through. And, and they've got it set, they've got it set up to a T. If they can if they can sell their two best players and make 50, 60 million pounds and it not impact on them, then then all power to them. They were good. We weren't, uh, and we deserved to get beat, but I don't think we were embarrassed. The second half was crap. Um, but I think the problem we had yesterday is we've kind of mutated this three-back back three uh, with wing-backs, with three midfielders and two up front to sort of two midfielders and three up front. We did it against uh, Birmingham when we had Kachunga and Windass and Patterson. And uh, against uh, Brentford, it was Windass, Marriott and Patterson. And I think without Luongo, that, that midfield is just too light. Um, so I don't think yesterday was more... I think yesterday was more about how good Brentford were rather than <laughs> how bad we were. Um, but yeah, they're a good team. And, you know, credit to how they've played. Uh, and I think they'll be up there. So I don't... I wouldn't worry too much about that performance last night. I, I was literally going to ask you that question, Steve. I mean, are you pressing the panic button yet? Did we, were, were we shite? I mean, our home form is fucking terrifying, right? Yeah, the home form's a problem. I think last night, um, I'm really positive about it, to be honest with you. And, you know, nobody like, we don't want to lose, obviously, but I think we played some really good football first off. I think we passed the ball well. Uh, we moved things about. They were, they are one of the teams, I think they'll be top three, top four. And we've lost 2 1. We've, we've played Van Arkham and Moses Odebarju at centre half. Uh, we've missed Brown. Um, I personally think if we put Iota in that team, we put Lees in that team. I don't think we lose last night. I really don't. Um, and I don't think we played. I think they were the better side. And I can't complain at the result. But, you know, you look at the players that were missing. Luongo didn't play. Um, so there's four players there straight away that, for me, if they go into our starting eleven, you know, it's, it's a different story. Like, yeah, the second half was a, a bit of a non-event. I think we can all agree with that. And the goals that we conceded were soft. And you can point to... Was it Dawson's fault for the push out? You know, did we did we close gave Tony a, a little bit too much space? Yes, absolutely. But for me, I, you know, I thought we were relatively competitive first half with a depleted starting eleven. I think there's there's lots to be optimistic about, and Ashley's going to hate me for saying that, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> now, I tell you, I tell you what, Ben, I'm, I'm you know, I, I feel that this is going to be something that needs needs addressing at some point because personally, I thought Kadeem Harris when he Signed for his last season, I thought was going to be the standout player of that season. He played very well for about three months and then went off the boil as the club did, essentially. You know what I mean? So I can't really um, blame him for it. But do you feel like Kadeem Harris having 
defensive duties to do, playing that wing-back role. Do you reckon that's something that suits a player that's so, you know, direct-minded, so attacking-minded? Um, and also, sorry, on top of that, do you feel that Adam Reach on the other side, that's a role that suits him? Well, not last night, it didn't. It was, it was, it was shy last night. <laughs> It was, there's no no other word. There's no other word for Adam Reach last night. It was completely ineffective. Uh, I thought his crossing but, was shy. I thought his crossing was shy, but I did think he brought bit, bits in the first half. I thought it was okay. I, I didn't see all the first half. Sure, up then, yeah, did see it. Did see it. <laughs> did, did see it. Didn't happen. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going up last 15 minutes of the first half and the second half, and in that, it was rubbish. So, yeah, we're rubbish then. <laughs> um, but on Kadeem Harris, I think it's benefited him. I think he's he's done really well as a wing back, which he probably wouldn't re- wouldn't have expected mm. because he's never played probably never played there before in his life. He's always been more attack minded um, wherever he's been. But yeah, I, do you not feel though that that would leave Odebarjo stranded a little bit because if he's not pulling his weight defensive minded it makes Adebayo look shitter than what we already think he is as Sheffield Wednesday fans no? Yeah Yeah Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> I, think, I think the difficulty last night that, that boy De Silva that played on the left hand side is so quick and so good for Brentford that if the one thing Harris has got his pace when you're up against somebody that's quicker than you it's not as if he's got an awful lot more to his game than pace has it is it? I don't know, uh, given the size of him, pie-eating. Seems very good at that. <laughs> now, uh, we've only got three minutes left, so the clock's ticking down. This weekend, we've got Luton, one of the teams you should be beating, to bring us up to only minus one point. So, uh, Steve, how do you reckon we'll get on? I think we'll do all right. I think we'll do all right. Um, positive pants on. Um, Ash is rolling, isn't he? Ash is going to be sat there screaming at his car radio, and he goes, "What the bloody hell?" Look, they, we were decent Saturday. We played decent at times uh, first half yesterday. Um, I think I think we're on an upward trend. Um, I fancy us. Ben, completely agree. I'm going I'm, I'm to just keep positive positivity coming in. He's going to be seething. Um, yeah. Sorry, um, Sorry Ash. Ash, sorry, <laughs> sorry. sorry, Ash. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have Brown back. He seems to be on the verge of being back. Luongo, Monk has said it were only a minor knee injury, so hopefully he's back as well. And then, then we're already looking a lot, lot more solid in midfield. Defensively, I reckon he'll probably stay the same with, with injuries and what have you. But yeah, again, I'm, I'm pretty confident they're being riddled with COVID at the moment, Luton. Um, James Collins, their number nine's out. Uh, he tested positive a few days ago, so he missed Millwall game for them on Tuesday. So probably he's going to miss this one as well. So yeah, I can't really see anything but a win. All right, Dave, take us home. Are we going to have a clean sweep of positivity, or uh, are you going to focus? No, no. Um, since we can't possibly play uh, Forestier areas left wing back, uh, which seems to be the start standard for games against Luton. <laughs> provided we can get out of his own heads and we can get over this Hillsborough hoodoo mm-hmm. we can win it but I think the big thing is going to be making sure we don't beat ourselves it's up to the coaching staff it's up to the people around about to make sure that they, the players are playing against the 11 folk that they're up against and not this crap home record we've got when we haven't won since February or whatever it is mm-hmm. but absolutely I think if, as long as they can get over that 
there's no crowd to get on their back. It's all in their head. Um, as long as as long as they're going that way, I think it's going to be a it's going to be a win for Wednesday, probably two 0 Well, uh, you know, I I think it might be as well. So sorry, Ash. Uh, we're all we're all a, a bundle of positivity here. So <laughs> so have that. But anyway, I'm just going to wrap it up for you now, folks. I hope you're uh, you know you're keeping positive and testing negative. I love that, by the way. Nice. That's good. Isn't it? I read it on a on a meme for an email, and uh, let's hope we stick it against the stick it against the uh, what are they the hatters. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, (laughs) thanks a lot to Ryan for joining us. See you later. The Wednesday week. Grab a pint, get comfy, and enjoy the show. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing, ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.